Are you ready to level up the podcast for leaders, entrepreneurs, and business with your hosts, Jose Medina and Crystal Garcia? It's time to level up. Welcome back to episode seven of the Undeniable Level Up podcast. Uh, last week, we discussed how to become a gold digger. No, not an individual who uses relationships to acquire wealth. That's a gold digger. We're talking about a gold digger. We uncovered how to set smart goals, the importance of putting your goals in writing in order to create intent. And we challenged you to set intentions for 2021 that weren't just wishy-washy or weren't just goals that you're just going to turn around and forget before Valentine's Day. Uh, we wanted you to be able to set goals that can stake with you for the whole year that you can actually accomplish. Today, we're going to talk about obeying the law of attraction. Yes, the law of attraction. So Napoleon Hill states, man alone has the power to transform his thoughts into physical reality. Man alone can dream and make his dreams come true. That's, uh, that's pretty profound. And I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and there's a lot of nuggets like that in that book. It's a really, really good book. I actually I gifted it to Sage from Sage and Soul, and she's really enjoying that book as well. What are your thoughts on that quote? It's a great quote, and I think it's very fitting for what we're talking about today, obeying the law of attraction. Man alone does have power to transform his thoughts into physical reality. I definitely wholeheartedly agree with that. So what is the law of attraction? So the law of attraction is the ability to attract those things into our lives by focusing our energy on it. In Think and Grow Rich, Hill actually states that adding emotions such as love and faith, that is believing that you will have what you were thinking about, actually enhances and amplifies the law of attraction. I really like that because I've always believed that where your mind goes, your amplification grows. So... If you really want to amp something up, the best way to do that is is to focus on it. What are your thoughts on the law of attraction? Well, personally, I, I've experienced many situations where I've witnessed the law of attraction at work. I've also seen it work on others as well. A perfect example is like when we originally lost our first contract and we were um, discussing sales. And we were talking about, um, you know, we had just lost a contract for that, that was valued at about $500,000 a year. We had just, uh, that contract had just been ended. And we were trying to figure out what our next move was going to be. I had found myself unemployed. AJ had also found himself unemployed. And we were, you know, coming all American lumping and, and trying to figure out, like, how can we help the business grow so that we can create opportunities in, uh, in that situation? And I remember telling AJ, you know, we need to make a million dollars in sales. We need a million dollars in sales. I remember him saying to me, um, yeah, that should, we should be able to do that within a year. About a year, it'll take us to do that. And I was like, no, we need to do that in 30 days. At the time, it seemed um, a little bit far-fetched, maybe a little bit um, extreme that we would set such a high bar, a million dollars in one month. But we, we went into it with that mindset. And within a month, we were able to secure $1 million in sales revenue. We went from zero contracts to four contracts in less than 30 days. We did. Yeah. I think there's a cautionary tale here um, that we have to talk about. You know, sometimes people think that manifesting is just thinking about it and it happens. And that's not really what the law of attraction is about. And, you know, we'll learn more as we go through this podcast. But there are a few things that you have to do. 
One, you have to believe that it's possible. Two, you have to move with intention. And we did that when we were trying to secure business. We went into businesses thinking we need to secure this business. It's a, it, it was a goal. Every day was a goal of securing new business. We had to establish some goals, some smart goals, and then we need to be deliberate in achieving those goals. And I know when we would go out for our, our cold call sales, we, we were doing cold call sales. We were doing cold calls. We were doing site visits. We would just show up and we'd just walk in and we'd say, hey, you guys need lumpers? And some of them would even look at us a little bit crazy and they were like, uh, what is a lumper? <laughs> what do you guys <laughs> even do? How did you even get in here? Did you guys climb the fence? And, you know, we got kicked out of a couple places, but we were deliberate and we were aggressive about achieving those targets. Finally, we had to celebrate those wins. Every time we secured a contract, we would go out to lunch and we would celebrate that and make that a big deal. And I think that, you know, that drives us to continue pushing forward. And I remember thinking after we had gotten like four or five no's, man, that yes feels so good. <laughs> it's always good to close that cell. It, it really does change the game and make things a lot better. What about you, Crystal? What's your thoughts on the law of attraction? That's such a great story that you shared. I really enjoyed that. And definitely, you know, I like that you talked about celebrating your your wins. Um, I think that's important to maintaining momentum. So thank you for that. I don't want anybody to think that, you know, when we talk about this, that you can just think of something, let's say a new job, and then all of a sudden you're going to have it while you're sitting in the house, you know, that the universe is just going to deliver it to your front door, you know, that somebody's going to come to your door and say, hey, man, got you a job. You know, it pays this much. It doesn't work that way. And why? That's because you're missing intent. You know, without intentions, your desires are just wishes. Intentions come from your actions and your actions make your desires a reality. That's the kind of the biggest thing to me for the law of attraction. A lot of people get it confused because they're thinking that it's just just wishing, just kind of wishing, you know what I'm saying? But the intent and the actions is what drives you to accomplish what you achieve. and, And that's what brings you the desires that you want. Have you ever experienced the law of attraction yourself? Yes. And I'd say constantly, I won't give, you know, just one specific example, but one of the ways that I do that is I utilize powerful affirmations combined with action. You know, truthfully, no one will put you down in your life more than yourself. It's important that when you are trying to experience the law of attraction, that you do utilize powerful affirmations and action. Your thoughts create movement, your movement creates change. No, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. There are seven laws uh, that make up the law of attraction, and these laws are the law of manifestation. This law states that what we focus on will manifest in our lives. This includes wealth, status, and success. And, um, and I have a short clip that I want to play, and it's an interview with Drake, and kind of Drake speaks about how when he didn't have any money and when he was a new uh, artist and he was struggling – Um, even before he was an artist, um, how he would drive through certain neighborhoods and kind of experience neighbors. And I'll let let Drake tell it. Yeah, and I also feel often that that things that I repetitively think about or say, I'm able to manifest. Hmm. Like, you know, this house, for example, I manifested this because I obsessively used to take my uncle's Audi and I used to take a girl to Young and Eglinton Silver City to the movies mm-hmm. and then to Pickle Barrel for, for dinner because that was, you it's know, what I could real afford. Toronto <laughs> shit yeah. that everybody's going to be excited you about. You know, chicken fingers and fries, yeah. you know. That was <laughs> just soda and nuggets. She was Straight. a special young <laughs> Straight. And then I used to go tell her like, yo, 
you, you want to go see where I'm going to live one day. Yeah. Because mm. this is where I'm going to live one day. And I, my uncle had the Audi drop, and I used to drive these same three streets right here. That used to be my route right there. I used to come down, yeah. down Park Lane where we're at, then back, back to Post Road, and then back Bridal Path. And I used to, and Prince used to live around here. Oh, wow. wow. So I used, to, I used to pretend like I knew which one. Prince's house was every night I'd pick a different house. Yeah. Say, oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I strong, I, I truly believe, you know, a lot of those things I, I said, they may not have been the case yeah. at the time, yeah. but I did believe that they were possible. They were possible. What did you think about that, uh, that audio clip from Drake? I like that. It's great hearing somebody who, who understands the power of their words. It's got to be a reality in your mind before it can be a reality in real life. If you can't imagine it, then how can you achieve it? You know, that's kind of how I'm thinking. If he could have never pictured himself living in those neighborhoods, in those houses, what would have gave him the motivation and the energy to then go out and pursue that and try to accomplish those things that he was trying to accomplish? The law of manifestation doesn't only apply to things uh, such as wealth, status, and success. Sometimes it can also include negative things like sickness, disease, and death. I have an audio clip to play from the opposite of focusing on success. That's pretty powerful. And this audio clip is from the late Tupac Shakur. You know, one of the things that I found with Tupac's music is that a lot of times he spoke about things that were to happen to him that would eventually come to pass. And so was he manifesting those things and was he attracting those things through magnetism? <laughs> The king in my picture, a thug nigga drinking hard liquor. This ghetto life has got me catching up to God quicker. Who shall I fear? Don't shed a tear for me, nigga. I ain't happy here. I hope they bury me and send me to my rest. Airlines read and murder to death. My last breath. Take a look, picture a crook on his last stand. Motherfuckers don't understand if I die tonight. And fuck the world cause I'm cursed I'm having visions of leaving here in the hearse God, can you feel me? So getting lost in the weed, man Getting high, living every day like I'm gonna die Well, I know my destiny is hell But did I fail? My life is in denial And when I die, baptized in eternal fire Shed so many tears Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty powerful Yeah, and you can, you can hear what he's saying in his lyrics and how that kind of played out in reality, being shot in two separate occasions, how much of what he was saying and what he was putting in his music and the videos that he was shooting where he was filming himself being murdered and himself dying and speaking that, how much of that was his ability to speak it into reality and truly believing that was going to happen and that was the case. Have you ever manifested a desire, whether it was good or bad? I remember when I got stationed at my first duty station, when I was going through my training, there was a particular paramedic that I really wanted to work with. And at the time, she already had a partner on her ambulance. One of the reasons that I wanted to work with her was because early on, I learned that she was really like, you know, top of her field. She um, gave back to the community. She worked at a community college where she did EMT, emergency medical technician training training people to be EMTs on ambulances. And I just really wanted to soak up everything that I could from her. And so I remember talking about how, you know, I couldn't wait to be assigned permanently and that I really wanted to have the best partner and the best team. And I remember her partner at the time ended up doing some schooling and deciding to leave. And it was such perfect timing that I was like, man, I did that. <laughs> right. 
I worked that somehow, some way I worked that. And of course I ended up with an incredible partner and, and learned so much from her. And I actually was her partner for um, quite a few years and she ended up becoming my best friend. For me, I manifested a desire when I was deployed back in Afghanistan in 2007, 2009. One of the things that I used to do while I was working out or if I was on a mission and, and we were out of the wire, maybe I was just pulling security or something and just kind of zoning out. I used to fantasize about getting back to the to the mainland, getting back to the U.S. Um, and the things that I used to think about was like, you know, what kind of car am I going to get when I get back? What kind of clothes am I going to wear? Where am I going to go? Where am I going to hang out? Who am I going to be with? And I used to think about those things all the time. Whenever I wasn't focused on the mission, I was manifesting. That's what, you know, I considered that fantasizing to be manifesting. When I finally got back home, I was deliberate about living the life that I fantasized while I was deployed. That included going out and getting the cars that I had fantasized about, getting the clothes that I that I had fantasized about buying and, you know, going out to the clubs and doing those, those things. And, you know, I lived the lifestyle that I had imagined, uh, a bachelor lifestyle. I was single at the time. I fantasized about having money. And um, that's around the time when I started my first company. I think that was um, that was all part of that manifestation. And and that company really gave me the the extra money to do the things that I had fantasized about doing. You know, so I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that was really a manifestation that came to reality. And, and what was driving me, what was the emotion that was driving me was really just just love for life. I was in a place where you don't get to celebrate life that much. And you know what I'm saying? Some of the things that you see out there really take their toll. And the only thing that really kept me grounded was the fact of knowing that when I got back, I was going to live my best life. You know, that's a beautiful thing. The second law is the law of magnetism. This is the law that states that we all have a frequency that attracts others who share our energy and our frequencies. We attract what we are. I attract lions. Yeah. Well, you know, we all wish we could attract lions all the time, <laughs> but that's not the case. No, it's um, not the case. Birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. Absolutely. As absolutely. What you are, um, you'll have around you what you are, what energy you put out, you'll get back. Crystal, have, have you ever put out any type of negative energy, be it either through your words or your deeds that somehow bounced back at you unexpectedly? I actually um, am very in tune with energy that I'm putting out because I consider myself to be an empath. And so I easily soak up energies of people around me. And so right. I'm very deliberate about not doing that to others because you know i'm one of those individuals who i can't be in a negative environment and it not like it's going to be extremely uncomfortable in a very negative way for me if i'm around a bunch of people who are super motivated man i accelerate i step on the gas and i accelerate it pumps me up so I, I try not to be. I know that there's been times where maybe something bad has happened and I allow for that negative energy to to come out. And obviously it's not a pleasant experience for those who are around you when that happens. And generally, sadly, it's typically with my family. And that's because that's where I kind of let my guard down the most. In fact, just the other day, uh, my daughter, I was sitting downstairs on the couch doing some work and she came downstairs and she was talking to me and she was just kind of sharing with me, just kind of having a, a simple conversation with me. Um, she made a comment about how her week had kind of sucked. You know, she had been doing online school and, you know, she wanted to have a good weekend. And 
And I made a joke because when she was little, she used to always make the comment, this is the worst day in my life. So she went upstairs and then I get this text message saying, it really bothered me that you were joking around. You're not the only one who gets stressed. It made me sad because obviously that's not how I meant it. I was joking, but she was opening up and telling me about her stressors and I was kind of swatting them away. So I told her, I, you know, obviously I, that wasn't my intention, but definitely that's where I would say I, I let out some of that negativity is at home. Yeah, no, I, I believe that. And, you know, you, you just kind of spoke about being an empath and I kind of see that, that part of you. When I lose my cool and when I lose my temper, I see you absorb my energy. And sometimes just my energy alone will kind of put you into a little bit of a funk too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely some place where I have to be careful, be more deliberate and not putting out that negative energy, knowing that you easily can absorb that, you know? And then what's funny is you absorb it and then you give it right back to me. So <laughs> that sucks, right? So for me, I had a moment where I had put out an extreme amount of negative energy that kind of bounced back at me. When I lived in Atlanta in 1993, uh, there was a little bit of a road rage incident that I actually initiated unintentionally. And I was a little bit more rougher around the edges back then. And so not too smart, <laughs> not smart enough to avoid conflict on a regular basis. And so I was a, a young 20 something. And so this one day in particular, me and the wife and the kids were on our way to the flea market. And as we were driving through the through the parking lot, my, my three kids were in the back seat. My my oldest, Raquel, she's probably five at the time. Uh, my son, Antoine, was three. And I think Cecilia was a little baby at the time. But I pulled up behind a guy that had stopped in the middle of the parking lot where he should have been driving. He just stopped. And I don't know if he broke down. I don't know if he was waiting on someone. I really don't know what was going on. But there were no other cars in the parking lot. Me being an obnoxious person that I was, I just laid down on the horn and I was just like honking the horn, like nonstop, like really in an irritating kind of way over and over again. And I was trying to force this guy to move out of my way, but I was doing it in a kind of a bullying type of way. You know, what I didn't expect is that I didn't expect for him to jump out of his car uh, and to approach me on the driver's side of the car. And this dude was, this dude had lost his mind. Like he was, he was in a rage. You know, and he was um, he was screaming and yelling. And the whole time I'm sitting there unexpected. I never expected this to happen. The whole time I'm thinking. I just put my whole family in a terrible situation. Right. I put my I put the wife at risk. I put the kids at risk. I put everybody at risk because I was just being a jerk, you know. Man. Yeah. And uh, and I rolled the window down and I told the guy to calm down. I said, I'm here with my family. I need you to calm down. And um, and get back in your car. And lucky for me, that worked. You know what I'm saying? He, uh, I think awesome. he, yeah, I think he looked in the backseat. He saw my kids back there, kind of shook up a little bit. And I think he felt bad about that. And then I think he went back and got in his car. And he didn't move. I just drove around him and I just went on my way. But it taught me, it taught me a lesson. It taught me that the energy that I put out is going to come back. Absolutely. And, and sometimes a lot stronger than what you expect. Um, and so sometimes when you're when you're in that kind of a mindset, you really have to be careful about what you continue to put out because you never know when that energy is going to come back at you and you may not be ready for it. And you may not be the only person that you put at risk either. You may be putting your kids, your wife, your, um, you know, your mom, your, your, your brother, sister, whatever. Uh, you're putting somebody else at risk as well. So it's definitely something that, that I learned from that. And I've been I've tried to 
you know, moving forward from that, I've been very deliberate about, especially when I'm with my family, not to create an environment where I can attract negative energy. That's, that's a great example. We have the law of manifestation. We have the law of magnetism. Uh, then there's the law of unwavering desire. This law states that if we waver in our desire towards the thing that we want, it will not manifest. You have to believe that you will have it and have no doubts. And I kind of shared this a little bit in my story about you know being deployed and fantasizing about coming home. In my mind, those fantasies, I could feel the leather of the Lexus that I was going to buy when I got home, you know, <laughs> I could hear the crisp sound of the the uh, the, the stereo system that was playing the music, the Bose system that was playing my music, <laughs> you know. I could smell the cologne that I was going to wear when I went out. In my mind, it was a reality, and like we said in one of Already. our already, yeah, it, it, like we said this in one of our other podcasts, the brain doesn't know re the reality from not reality. So in my brain, it was real. There's also the law of delicate balance. This law states that we must be in balance in order to benefit from the law of attraction, all right? This requires balance. This comes from eliminating a lack of mindset and having gratitude and appreciation for what the universe has already given you, all right? And it's funny because this morning I was speaking with my operations manager, AJ. He's also a really good friend of mine. And we were talking about gratitude. And we were talking about the fact that sometimes we have achieved what we set out to get. We have it, but we forget to be thankful for it. And Crystal, you kind of alluded to this several times with me, is sometimes I live in such a, a great amount of abundance that sometimes I'm complaining about things and I don't have no place to be complaining. No, you definitely live an abundant life. Yeah. For sure. When you're out of balance and you operate from an obsessed or desperate state, you're unable to apply the law of magnetism and achieve the high frequencies that are required to apply the law of attraction. And I know, Crystal, from uh, our recent trip over to the, um, you know, to do our aura reading, one of the things that I found out about you that no one knows that I'm going to share, this big secret, Crystal uh -oh. Crystal is very balanced. <laughs> Her, uh, we did an aura reading the other day, and one of the things that we identified in our aura reading is that Crystal is extremely balanced. And I kind of was not surprised about that because Crystal is very level-headed. You know, she's very balanced in a lot of things that she does. She doesn't really have too many extremes in one way or the other. One of the things that they talk about in our office here in, here in Stockton, California, our office has a tendency when something is spoke here in our office, it goes on to the universe and it becomes a reality. No matter what you say, if you say, hey, I want to get a job, boom, a job appears. If you say, hey, we need some money, hey, the money appears. And I think that's because of Crystal's incredible balance. <laughs> You're giving me way too much credit there. <laughs> uh, Crystal, how do, you, how do you practice appreciation and abundance in your life? Um, three things. I show up, I show out, and I give back. You know, I actually sat there and thought about this. And those really are the three major things that I hold as being key to practicing appreciation and abundance is by showing up, showing up for your friends and your family, for the people that are important to you, showing out, giving your best, you know, giving your all, giving the most that you can give and then giving back, giving back to the community, giving back to those who maybe you see yourself in or who you can pull up. So those are the things that I do to practice appreciation and abundance in my life. Do you ever find yourself um, out of balance? 
Yes. So I tend to get in the zone a lot when when I have something important that I'm that I'm working on, even when it's not that important, even if it's a even if it's a hobby, I throw myself I'm all in. And sometimes um, that's the expense of a lot of other things. So that would be a time where I would say for sure that I can throw myself into something and be reflected in, you know, what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. And definitely that would be an area where maybe I've had issues showing up. And so when my best friend passed away, I made a commitment to show up. So that's been something that's at the forefront of my mind and everything I do now. Right. No, that's that's really good. And I know that the year that, that your best friend passed away, that year uh, when we did our New Year's resolution, I, I remember our theme for the year was show up. We really did that that year. It was. Uh, for me, I try to write in a journal regularly. What got me started on my journal was my, um, you know, my daughters. My daughters uh, are big into journaling and um, we were visiting in January, I think it was in January, maybe it was in June, I can't remember. I saw Raquel's journal, and I know Cecilia's been keeping journals for years and years. Like, she always had a lot of journals. But I happened to pick up Raquel's journal, and I kind of like looked through it, and I, I read a couple of the things that she allowed me to read. And I was so impressed by the ability to recall things that had been forgotten, that if not written, had would have gone forgotten. Great things like spending time with family or, you know, different stories that just kind of slip your mind and you never you never think about them again um and being able to go to a journal and either see pictures or see you know movie tickets or something that like really brings you back to that moment so i try to use that as a way to kind of show gratitude and abundance and, and what i do is every week i try to write in my journal at least once a week and i really try to focus on the positives that have happened for that week um, and what i found is that when you're so focused on the positive things the bad things don't come to mind. You don't think about, oh, this week I had a flat tire. The week that Raquel was visiting us, I got a flat tire. I know. But I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the flat tire. I remember That's Raquel funny, coming to I visit. forgot all about it. What flat tire? <laughs> what flat tire? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a win. I, I think that's a good way to show abundance and, uh, and, and to reflect. And in the story, when, when I was talking with AJ this morning, it's amazing to have that realization and say, man, I used to think I could only do this and look where I'm at now. I used to think that I could only have these few things, but look what I have now, you know? And sometimes the things, the things that you want that you then get, you forget to appreciate them because you're already focused on getting the next thing. So you really have to take a moment and show appreciation for what you have. The fifth law is the law of harmony. This is the law that governs the universe's balance. By tapping into the balance energy of the universe, you're able to apply the law of attraction. Uh, the sixth law is the law of right action. This law states that what we say and do will be returned to us. Many call this karma. I know a lot of you guys probably mm. are familiar with karma. Yeah. Yeah. Our energy is returned to us with the same intent that it was sent out into the universe. That means if you intend to do something bad, guess what? That boomerang, dun, dun, dun. that karma boomerang is going to come back at you and it's going to hit you upside the head. And it's going to hit you when you least are ready for it and when you least <laughs> expect it. Yeah, <laughs> not when you're ready. <laughs> not when you're ready. Crystal, have you ever experienced karma? I have. And I'm going to tell you, I experience it again and again and I know why. <laughs> Why? Please share. Because I make things uncomfortable for people. And, yes, yes, you, you know, do. at the end of your comfort zone is what? Not oh. just life, but change. I always go into things with an open mind, generally with 
great force. And I definitely identify as having a lion's mentality. Because of that, I live abundantly in discomfort because I put that out there and I put it out there to challenge people to grow, to to get better, to be the very best versions of themselves. So I don't accept for people to come in and be unwavering or to come in and be, oh, I'm just going to, you know, be average. I don't accept that. If that's how you come around me, you're going to, you're going to figure out real quick that I'm going to make it very uncomfortable for you. And for no other reason than I want you to be your very best self. And so because of that, I had taken a job. It was a regional emergency management position for um, a large hospital chain out of Minnesota. Fairview. Yes, Fairview. The region that I had um, for emergency management, it was the lowest performing sites. Their hospitals and clinics in that region. Also what they considered kind of their redheaded stepchild, so to speak. So when I arrived, my supervisor, when she sat down with me, she basically alluded to the fact that 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 was the case. I said, is there anything I should look out for? Is there anything I should, you know? And she said, I, I just, this is the, the place where we need the most help basically and I said okay so being me I went in we were getting ready to go through some inspections and I went you know down the line by the book so that we could pass the inspections I hadn't been there long so it came off very forceful and it definitely created a lot of discomfort for a lot of people at one point somebody had made a comment that I was like a lone ranger doing my thing and wasn't getting buy-in from people. And just particularly at this point in time, I couldn't get buy-in from everybody in order for us to be ready for these inspections. But regardless, it was uncomfortable for people. And my intent was not negative, but it was definitely uncomfortable. By the end of my tenure there, though, I definitely had built some very strong relationships, very, very strong bonds with a lot of the people that I worked with. And I actually was extremely surprised one day sitting in a meeting to be recognized as a fire starter. It was called a fire starter award that's given to people with exceptional leadership because I was so hard on them and they were so hard on me back. So the fact that I was recommended for that was such an extreme honor um at that point in time and you know we went from being the lowest performing region to the highest performing region in under a year um well under a year probably within six months we were the you know the the region to to catch up to (laughs) and i can i can attest to the fact that you definitely push uh the people in your circle to be better and uh and to be great and to be phenomenal and to not accept um to be anything other than the best and so they turn around and put that same pressure back on you. You know, that's AS car. And I know it. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I wish I could tell you a good story where I got an award at the end of it, but um, that's not my story. (laughs) My story is a little different. My karma is not good karma. My karma is bad karma. About a year ago, we were traveling to Virginia for my grandson, Marcel's birthday. My grandson is now a little bit over one and he's, uh, he's walking and shout out to Marcel. But we were headed back to California, and I remember we left the hotel later than we had expected to, and um, we stopped for breakfast and whatnot, and we ended up getting to the airport late, and we still had to drop off the rental car. So what happened is while while we were waiting for the airport shuttle, uh, there was a lady standing in front of us, and she had three daughters with her, 
and about 20 suitcases. Right? <laughs> about 20, okay, maybe 10 suitcases. But she had a lot of suitcases. And I remember being irritated, um, one, because we were running late, and two, because why is this person traveling with so many dang suitcases? <laughs> it looked like, like she was moving. <laughs> it did. Um, it looked like she was moving an entire uh, a clothing store with her, <laughs> one suitcase at a time. And so I remember being irritated, and I remember being frustrated, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm not going to help this lady load all these suitcases into this shuttle. And he didn't, y'all. He didn't. I did not. I sat there, and I watched her and her three kids struggle to put these suitcases onto the bus. And I was thinking to myself, I'm going to teach her a lesson. I'm going to let her struggle with all those suitcases and uh, so that in the future she'll be a better traveler. You know, that's what I was thinking in my mind, right? Well, yeah, not my best moment. Um, obviously not my best moment. When we got checked in, we were immediately turned away when we got to the counter. We were three minutes too late to check baggage, all right? Now, the kicker here is that if I would have helped the lady with her suitcases, with her 30 suitcases, all right? If I would have helped her with all those suitcases and helped your kids uh, get into that bus, we would have got to the gate five minutes earlier than we did, and I would have had two minutes to spare, and I would have been able to catch that flight, all right? And if that's not instant karma, and you know what? I didn't even, as soon as they told me we couldn't check our bags and we had missed our flight, I immediately knew that it was karma <laughs> and that that energy that I'd put out had come back at me with a vengeance. It ended up costing us $800. We had to stay there all day. We couldn't fly until, you know, our flight was at 8 o'clock. We ended up flying out at like almost 3 p.m. It just ruined the rest of our trip coming home. But that's what I get. And what I learned from that is negative energy into the world is going to bring you back negative results. You always have to be putting out positive energy in order to get positivity back. Great story. Great example. Thank you. The very last law, the seventh law, is the law of universal influence. This law states that our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and our words not only impact us, but they impact our family, our friends, and even strangers, all right? And, uh, and this means that, you know, the things that you say, the things that you speak, the things that you, um, that, you know, the, the actions that you take impact not just you. Uh, you could bring negativity on your whole circle. You could bring negativity on your family unit. You could bring negativity on your neighborhood. There's all kinds of, of negative things that can happen based off of how you're interacting and how you're, how you're being with others. Simon Gunnell provides us with seven actions that you can take to activate the law of attraction, allowing you to manifest the life of your dreams. The first is get into a state of constant positivity. This is the frequency state where manifestations are created. You know, Crystal, the, the Dalai Lama says, in order to carry a positive action, we must develop here a positive vision. That kind of reminds me of what you just kind of read um, in terms of the state of constant positivity. Definitely, you have to have a positive mindset. You have to think positive. That makes a lot of sense. Um, how do you get into a positive mindset, especially when things are going wrong? Are you always positive? Yes, I am. <laughs> nah, that's a lie. Um, no, I wish I wish I could always be positive. And I think that um, you do this a lot better than me. And and I wish I was asking you this question because this I know the answer if you were answering it. For me, the challenge that I have is that I have a pretty bad temper. And even though over time I've been able to kind of tame that temper a little bit, it's still pretty bad. Certain things can kind of set me off. I I, I tell people that I you know I don't have an escalation button in my my genetics and my DNA. I go from zero to a hundred real quick, like Drake. <laughs> um, 
But I'll tell you what what does help me to to get into a positive mindset when I find myself not in a positive mindset is uh, to become grounded in the now. Sometimes there's an external prompt, like for example, either Crystal, my mom, someone else will be like, hey, it's not that serious. Um, you just need to kind of calm down and uh, and then I'll put myself into the present. I'll, I'll become grounded in the present. Sometimes that's uh, it's internal. Sometimes I'll be like, I'll think to myself, you know, why am I so upset about what, you know, whatever's going on, what's happening? You know, I think I see this the most when things go wrong. Like, for example, like if something doesn't work the way it's supposed to or if, you know, someone was supposed to be somewhere and they're not there or uh, when I'm driving, somebody cuts me off. Um, those are the type of things that that kind of set me off. And it helps for me to be to become present in the now and to become grounded. What about for you, Crystal? I honestly, I pump myself up and I'm not always positive, but most people never know that. Probably the only people (laughs) that know sometimes that I'm not positive is my family, you know, like I talked about earlier. Generally in a, you know, in a work setting, even when I was in the military, you know, nobody ever really, really knew when, when I was kind of in that funk. Um, I actually had a soldier one time come in and she said, I need to sit down and talk to you. And she used to do this often, (laughs) but she came in, I said, yeah, I come in, shut the door. And she sat down and she started crying and she said, I don't understand how you can come to work going through everything you're going through. I just had surgery. I almost lost my oldest son. And she said, I don't understand how you can be going through so much and you can show up and you can give everybody your best self every day. I don't know how you do that. And I said, you know what? It's not easy. I don't always come in and want to be here. I don't always come in and want to be positive. I don't always come in and want to bring the best version of myself. And so in those moments, I have to develop a plan that allows for me to put my best foot forward all the time. And at this particular time, um, I was going through so much and I shared with her, I said, you know what? I said, every single morning when I come to work, I said, you'll see me sitting in my car listening to a speech called I am a champion. And I said, I have to listen to that every morning in order for me to walk through those doors and have a smile on my face. And I said, because the weight feels that heavy. And I said, so what you're seeing right now is, is not, you know, it's a kind of an illusion in a sense, you know, I, I really was, you know, being positive, but everybody has those moments of, of feeling like they're, they don't have a positive mindset. Right. Uh, I'm, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I remember that time when you were going through those challenges and I even remember you sharing that speech with me. I am a champion. Yes. It's yeah, a great I love speech. that speech. We're gonna and you to- know, I felt like, it, you know, when, when I was growing up, I grew up in a very religious household and my mom, every morning on my way to school, she would do putting on your, your armor. And so I kind of felt like when I would listen to that speech, that it was like putting on my armor for battle every day before I step through the doors. So I actually have a, a tattoo on my side that says, the vision of a champion is bent over, drenched in sweat, and at the point of exhaustion when nobody's watching. And that resonates with me. It's why it's the only tattoo I got right now. <laughs> that and because she's scared of pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't scared of pain. <laughs> That's very profound, and um, and you know you're right. And I've seen you in moments where you weren't 
um, in a positive mindset. And it's funny because I feel like part of our our good chemistry comes from our ability to balance each other because whenever I'm in a bad mood, she's not. <laughs> whenever she's in a bad mood, I'm not. Like there, we always have a way of kind of just balancing each other and then pulling the other person back out of whatever kind of negativity they find themselves in. And, and that's For a good sure. partnership. That's a good, For sure. that's, uh, that's what it takes uh, to, to win. Um, do things that you love doing. Do things that feed your why and your values and create passion in your life. These activities drive up your frequencies. Start journaling. Um, this actually allows you to practice gratitude and abundance. I do it <laughs> when I'm heavy in my feelings. So I actually, it's real funny. Um, last year I had gotten a journal and I was like, I'm going to write in my journal every day. Yo, I got one page in my journal. She got one page. <laughs> it's not even a full page. No, it ain't. <laughs> I'm going to be better about it this year. I do have a journal. We I talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, I do I do journal. You know, journal is not only having like a journal that you write down. Like you could write, you could have a journal for your dreams. You could have one at work that you take notes in. And then you could have one where you just share gratitude and abundance and so, so you keep a journal for whatever reason you want to, and you don't need to write it in every day. If you have a journal, maybe you write it in it when you feel like it. Maybe you write it in it only once a year for half a page. Who knows? <laughs> so meditate. Focus on your blessings and the amazing things that are going on in your life. Be compassionate to yourself. Forgive and love yourself. Allow yourself to make mistakes and grow from them. Don't be so hard on yourself and change your self-talk so that it's positive. You know, if you're telling yourself things like, I can't do this because I'm not old enough. I can't do this because I, you know, have a bad past. You know, you have to change, you have to change that. You have to change that narrative. And you need to tell yourself things like, I can do it. There isn't any limitations. I don't have limited beliefs. I am great. And you know what, man? Put yourself in a circle where people around you are going to call you out on your BS. Uh, don't don't surround yourself with yes men that are just going to pump you up and, and just give you a bunch of baloney. I want someone in my circle that's going to say, hey, that's a limited belief you just said right there. You just said you're not a good salesperson. That's a limited belief. You know you can do this. You know you got this. You know you're going to go out and get these deals and get, get these accounts and, and whatnot. Don't surround yourself with people that aren't going to build you up, you know? Absolutely. Do you experience any negative self-talk now or in the past? To tell you the truth, uh, I think I'm my biggest critic. I hold myself to a a high standard and even when nobody else can see where I failed or no one else can identify where I've come up short, I see it. And, um, you know, I could definitely beat myself up way worse than anybody else can beat me up. I say things like F my life, you know, and I'm also really bad. And this is one of the things that you kind of accuse me of a lot is catastrophizing. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm catastrophizing. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Making small things into huge things. Uh, something small, kind of like what happened last night. So I was bringing up a, uh, a clothes hamper um, last night. I was bringing up laundry and, a, and an empty clothes hamper. And I was also bringing up a new bottle of mouthwash and the mouthwash bottle was open. And as I'm coming up the stairs, this thing is spilling out all over the clothes and all over myself. And of course, it's not that big of a deal. Is you know, we just throw, back, throw stuff back in the wash. But in my mind, it became a big deal. And of course, uh, with Crystal being an empath, she quickly picked up all my negative energy and was, you know, out of the bed and helped me <laughs> put the clothes away. You know, that's something that it sucks that that's, that's the case. But I have to constantly kind of uh, remind myself that I'm a work in progress. I'm a project that's not done. You know, I think we can all relate with that. We're, we're all going through things and it's not a destination. It's a journey. And 
part of the beauty of life is the journey. So you really got to kind of appreciate it and, and just be be compassionate with yourself and give yourself the opportunity to make those mistakes and get better. We need to understand that it's a journey and not a destination. And even when we slip, even when we mess up, even when we uh, have a bad day or whatnot, we have an opportunity to get it right the next time. It's not one and done. I like that. I experience negative self-talk as well sometimes. You know, I think everybody does. I think it's natural. How I work through that is I try to put things into perspective. And I always challenge myself to transform again and again because I can get better and better and better. Definitely putting things into perspective. When you have your negative self-talk, what, what is your negative self-talk? What are you talking about? Sometimes something as simple as, like right now, I'm probably the heaviest. <laughs> I'm not going to say probably. I'm the heaviest I've ever been in my life. I've always been the, the active gym rat into sports, into just being completely active, saying I would never be in the position I'm currently in right now. So, you know, that's a big one for me currently. And also um, sometimes, you know, in the position that I'm in business wise, sometimes just feeling like, like it's too much, you know, this is too much for me to handle. There's too much that I've got to, got to have on my plate and, and none of that's true. And so I have to put those things into perspective and sometimes that's hard to do. You know, it's hard to sit down and have that conversation with yourself. That's kind of what I feel like, like you're having a conversation with yourself and you're saying, you know what, you're giving your all. These are all the things that you bring to the table with fitness. Your legs ain't broke. You could be out there running around. You know, there's nothing stopping you from, you know, achieving the goals that you want to achieve. And that's absolutely true. So in those moments, remembering that you need to put things into perspective for yourself and have that conversation with yourself and have that compassion with yourself. Now, hold yourself accountable, but have compassion with yourself. You're not superhuman. Right. <laughs> You're a human. <laughs> Proof is in the pudding, you know, start small and, and prove to yourself that it, that it is possible. Um, here's a simple exercise. Everyone listening, we're going to do an easy test. Think about a purple donut. Imagine eating this purple donut. Imagine tasting it. Enjoy every bite. Create a feeling of love towards the taste of the purple donut and develop faith that you will see and have this purple donut. Now, every day, ask the universe to bring you that purple donut. If you're following all the laws of attraction, you find this purple donut. When my daughter, Cecilia, attempted this small experiment, it took her a few weeks, but she found her purple donut. Yeah, she did. And this is very similar to when you go out and you buy that car. You're like, oh, man, I want this car. I want this red. Uh, you know, I want this red, red Mustang. And all of a sudden, there's a red Mustang. There's a red Mustang. Everywhere's a red Mustang. The law of attraction is, is strong in the fact that if you're thinking about it, you're going to see it all around you. And I challenge you, the proof is in the pudding. Think about that purple donut. Go out there and see how long it takes before you find that purple donut. I think it took Cecilia three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I think it took her three weeks. But she was, and a purple donut is not something that you see every day. That's why, no. that's why she used that. That's why yeah. it was, uh, you know, that's why she used that purple donut example to prove to herself that the law of attraction works. And guess what? It does. It does. You know, everything begins with intention. So you must take action. Absolutely. Uh, Tony Robbins says, the path to success is to take massive, determined actions, all right? If you want to succeed, you must take 
massive determined actions, all right? You must be deliberate. If you're ready to level up and begin using the powers of the law of attraction, then I encourage you to begin by creating a vision board. Crystal, do you use vision boards? I sure do. I actually have one on my phone, and it's an app called the Vision Board or called Vision Board. I like it because it basically lets you do what you can do on a wall with photos or clippings, whatever, writing on it, but you get to carry it with you and you can review it every single day. At Vision Board, I'm going to attach the link at the bottom of our podcast. Also, if you don't want to spend the uh, the $1.99 or whatever it is for the app, you can create your own vision board. Uh, you could do it with some uh, sticky paper. You could do it with some um, you know, cardboard, whatever the case is. Uh, you can make a vision board. And uh, what you do is you take um, pictures and images of the things uh, that you wish and desire and put those on the board. And you look at that every day. And But it's not enough to just look at it. You have to believe that you can get it. You have to believe that you can achieve those desires and you need to be deliberate in your actions to achieve those things that you desire. So I've included uh, two links at the bottom of the podcast. Uh, One is for the digital vision board. The other one is for the manual vision board. And when you do this, dream big. Don't only imagine the things that you think you can have now. Visualize the things you desire. If If you're envisioning a luxury car, feel the leather. Hear the roar of that engine. Feel the acceleration. Feel the smooth shift of the gears. Smell the new car smell. Hear the crisp sounds of the high-end radio in, in your in your vehicle. Be in the car. You have to believe that you can have it in order to, to make it come true. And it's something that you need to be focused on and you need to be deliberate about achieving. Believe that you can have it and you will have and it. And you will have it. <laughs>